now. And um, yes, thank you, sir, for another privilege to be a blessing to God's people. And um, I believe strongly tonight that God is going to speak to us again. So I want us to be attentive. I want us to incline our ears to his voice because God will be speaking to every one of us tonight, including the vessel that is up here. I am not exempt. I'm going to also be receiving from the Lord. As I bring God's word to us tonight, I'm also hearing what the Lord is saying. So I believe that everybody will be blessed tonight in the name of Jesus. Um, I started last week on um, a subject that I titled, Attitudes to Become. I want us to echo that subject to our neighbors. Tell him or her, say, Attitudes to Become. Can we make it louder? All right. We all know it popularly as um, the B attitudes. The B attitudes. So I made it simpler so that everybody can understand um, the characteristics in that scripture. Uh, it is the attitudes to become. It is, um, it is the kingdom attitude that every kingdom citizen should um, be positioned or be repositioned in order to open themselves up to kingdom invasion, to the visitation of God, to encounters with the Lord. I'm, I'm going to quickly do a quick review of what I said last week, um, uh, and I'm going to wrap up on the first on the list, and then hopefully I should begin the second tonight. So let's turn our Bibles very quickly to the book of Matthew. That's our anchor scripture for this series. Matthew chapter 5, um, from verse 3 through 12. Many of us are familiar with that scripture, but I believe that the Holy Spirit will help to expound on God's intent in that scripture for us tonight, and we will get it. And it will not only challenge us, but also usher us into the dimension of God that God wants us to be, you know, as we also continue to grow and mature on that path in the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. This was um, where I began last week. The Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. But theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So last week I was able to um, give some definitions of what it means to be poor in the spirit. Like I said last week, I said a lot of us don't like the word poor. As a matter of fact, the redemptive work of Christ on Calvary actually saved us from poverty. Amen? Yeah. We were delivered from the bondage of poverty. God does not want his own children, his own sons and daughters to be poor. You know. And one of the things I'm going to say tonight that I never said last week is, maybe I should run ahead of myself now, is that um, being poor in the spirit is not wretchedness of the flesh. 
So when we're talking about when we're talking about poverty of the spirits, we are not even uh, we're not even talking about your your position in the flesh. We're talking about a heart condition. In fact, the attitudes to become addresses our heart condition. It addresses the um, actual posture of our heart. The kind of position that we should be from within that exposes us to God's um, encounters, that exposes us to access and to receive God for who He is. Not even God's acts, alright? God's acts are temporary, you know? Like, we are not in this relationship for what we can get for the act of God. A lot of people are in this relation with God for what they can get God to do for them or what they believe that God can do. But, <coughs> well, maybe that's a level. But the real intimacy with Jesus has to do with you in a relationship with him for the essence what essence for the essence of intimacy for the essence of knowing him that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death if by any means i may attain unto the perfection of the saints another scripture says it this way that i may know him the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. How much of God do you want to know? Like I was telling them, I don't know who I was, I was talking to, I said, we will never get to that point in our walk with God where we would say, well, finally I got to the peak of God. There is nothing else to know. Ah, wow, finally. So this is everything about God. No, no one will ever get to that point. We will never get to that zenith, to that, that crescendo, that, that apex of knowledge where we will be able to say, finally, we have got all that there is to God. Anybody that thinks he has gotten to that point has just begun to come down because we only get to know the extent to which God wants us to know. So for the night, we want to talk about, um, I want to wrap up on the attitude of being poor in the spirit. So let me quickly do a quick recap of what I said last week, then say other things that I didn't get to say very quickly, and then uh, probably, I hope so, that I'll be able to begin verse 4 that talks about blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, it is intentional that the Bible uses all of these words that we don't like to <laughs> we don't like to talk about, we don't like to mention, but they are not just there for our discouragement. The Bible says all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God. So I believe that every word in the scripture is inspired by God. So it is there for our benefit, for our advantage. So Last week, very quickly, I said, what does it mean to be poor in the spirit? What does spiritual poverty mean within the context of the kingdom? We're talking about the attitudes of 
kingdom citizens that open them up to God or that reposition them in their hearts to receiving all that God has in stock for them. Amen? Yeah, I said poverty of the spirit simply means declaration of total dependence on God for everything. Declaration of total dependence on God for everything. When you take on the position of being poor in the spirit, what you are simply doing is you're taking an action and you are declaring to God that you depend on Him, not for some things, not for certain things, but for everything. Even the things that you think that you can do on your own, you still depend on Him. Say, Lord, I, I, I depend on you. And that's what a poor person in the Spirit would do. They, they, they intentionally take on that, that, that attitude you know, and they are genuine about it. See, these are genuine attitudes, not uh, not some facade, not trying to fake it. They are they are attitudes that we intentionally put on in order to encounter God. Uh, and the text for that is John 15 verses 1 through 5. The media can help us to perfect those scriptures so people can see them. So declaration of total dependence on God for everything. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And I said verse 3 and verse 4 and 5. Very quickly. Now, verse 4 and 5. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except ye abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Just like every branch cannot become anything outside divine. So somebody that took on the position of being poor in the spirit, opened himself up to receiving nutrition, to receiving life, to receiving sustenance, to receiving all that is in God. Are we following me this evening? Number two, I said, being poor in the spirit simply means seeing yourself as whole and complete in nothing of yourself, but in Christ alone. When you see yourself as being whole and complete, entirely wanting nothing, like the scripture would put it, not in yourself, not in your personal achievements, not in your riches, not in your grandeur, but rather in Christ. I like the way Apostle Paul said it in one of his epistles. He said, I count everything as what? As dung for the cause of the cross. Everything that I once cherished, that I once valued, like there are some important stuff in my life now. I, I exchange them for the cross. I place the cross as more valuable than all of these things. These were the things that used to be important to me. But right now, I found something that is of essence. That is 
unequally important that is unparalleled to all of these things. So I see myself as complete and whole in nothing else but in Christ alone. Let's, let's see what Colossians 2 verse 9 through 10 says. Colossians 2 verse 9. The Bible says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And verse 10 says, And we are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. We are complete in who? In him. In who? In Christ Jesus. So when you take on the position of spiritual poverty, being poor in the spirit, what you are simply saying to the Lord is, I find my wholeness in you. I am complete in you. I don't need external validations or approval of any man to, you know, to know that I am whole or to know that I am complete. I am satisfied content in Christ because in him I find my wholeness. Are we together tonight? It is only when you are poor in the spirit that you can you can you can take on this reality. Otherwise you begin to think that you are whole because you are you are wearing some designer, you know. People in fact a lot of people wear designers because they are trying to it's something that they are not, you know. You're, you're, you're wearing another person's name. You're wearing another person's brand. Just so that you can become something in the face of other people. No. Not until you put on designer. Even you yourself, you are a celebrity. Hallelujah. Yes, you are a celebrity. The Bible calls you a celebrity. You know how I found out? Check First Peter. I think First Peter is what it is. He said, "You are a, you are what? You are a royal priesthood. You are a choosing generation." Tell me now, what else do you want? You are not all of that because you are wearing somebody else's identity. No, you are what you are in Christ Jesus. Whatever he is, is what you are. So you find your perfect definition, your resemblance in Christ Jesus. That's when you are poor in the spirit. Number three, poverty of the spirit simply means knowing and believing that you are a manager of God's, God's resources in this world. You don't claim ownership of anything. God only gave you not ownership. He's the owner of everything and then he trusted you with stewardship. He trusted you enough to be able to his resources. He has appointed you as a delegate. Now the world don't really know me, but when they see you, I want them to see me in you and in how you deal with Cool, in wherever circle that you find yourself, God has strategically positioned you in those workstations, not just so that you can, uh, you know, make some money, 
No, but so that you can release the kingdom into those workstations. So you can manage the resources of people, manage the resources of time. So when you're poor in the spirit, you see that you, you don't attach yourself to so much, but rather you see yourself as a living being that holds everything to God and not to your own self or um, performance or your intelligence because you think that you are smart. Are we following me tonight? The fourth thing I said about being poor in the spirit is that it simply means that your desire, your attention is focused on the Lord and your Savior at all times. When you are poor, take on the situation or the stance of faith or the attitude of the kingdom that we're referring to here, it helps your attention, it helps your desire, it helps your focus to be on the Lord at all times. You never think of what you can become outside God or without God. Rather, you see God as the only way to become everything. Because you see Him first. He does not become your your, your Resort. I haven't consulted every option that you have on your list and they are not working. Then you now go to God and say, Baba, I'm here now. No, you see him as the first and the only solution that the works. And we see that in Colossians 3 and verse 2. Let your think about not on things on earth. Don't focus on your own ability. Point the spirit, your attention is always on God who exchanged your weakness to give strength. Hallelujah. Another thing I said is poverty of the spirit simply means seeing yourself through the lens of his grace. Seeing yourself through the lens of his grace. In other words, you see yourself the way God sees you. So the opinion of others would not really matter. They can keep their opinion. You already got who you are from God, from grace. Grace tells you who you are. And that is all you need to know. So whatever any other person has to say is their own cup of coffee. You have gotten it only through information. Poverty of the spirit again. All right. So what I didn't get to say last week, I'm just coming from there tonight. Are we together? Yeah. So if you were not here last week, it's the few points that I, the few thoughts that I raised concerning the poverty of the spirit. So I'm going to say other things tonight and give um, two biblical examples of people who actually um, demonstrated being poor in the spirit, how that we usher them in a realm of God that they have never been before, and how that they they pop to a world of possibilities in God. All right. So I said again, the poverty of the spirit 
is the kingdom attitude or position of faith that will open a kingdom citizen up for a perpetual continuance encounters with God. Not only that, it will also keep your appetite for God on the top gear every day. Poverty of the Spirit is a kingdom attitude or position of faith right, that will open every kingdom citizen up for a perpetual continuous, a never ending, a consistent encounter with God. And the truth is possible to encounter God every day. How many of you agree with me? It's possible. It is what I believe that God that every kingdom citizen, every believer, every born-again Christian encounters the Lord every day. He doesn't want you to just enjoy past glories. He wants you to have it fresh on a daily basis because you are connected to the headquarters. So what will open you up so this dimension that we're talking about in God is to show yourself as being desperate for God. You, you show yourself as nothing before the Lord. You show yourself as empty. Lord, I come before you just as I am, without one plea, in order to take all that he is. So you let him you up because that's what he seeks to do. You up with all of him. He, 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 he wants to show you great and mighty things that you have never imagined. You know, he, he wants to walk you through the path of light. So poverty of the spirit is that kind of attitude, position of faith, you know, within your heart is 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 a conditioning. That you have to intentionally set your heart to be. And it opens you up for a perpetual, continuous encounters with God. And keep your appetite wet for God every day. Because God wants you to encounter Him every day. I want you to say that to your neighbor. Say, God wants me to encounter Him every day. Poverty of the Spirit is not wretchedness of the flesh. I'll say that again. Poverty of the spirit is not wretchedness of the flesh. Everybody remembers the story of this um, rich man and the poor Lazarus in the scripture. How many of us remember that story? Aha. Now, let me quickly tell you that the rich man didn't make heaven not because he was rich. Neither did the poor Lazarus make heaven because... He was poor in the flesh. He has nothing to do with anything that has to do with their flesh. You know, what determined their destiny was the condition of their heart. The poor man Lazarus conditioned his heart to receiving God for who God is. And that secured him eternal uh, peace. In the bosom of Abraham. But the rich man Lazarus was 
stuck was 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 content with all the riches, all his achievements, all the real estates that he has, his businesses, and and he never saw any need for God. Are we are we following me tonight? He never saw any need for God. So I can say this way that the rich man. Peter was hoping, and that encounter brought about a great transformation in his life. He identified with his real purpose. So my purpose is not just to be a fisherman, but to be a fisher of men. And that happened because of the attitude that I am nothing if I don't accept this man. When you are poor in the spirit, it makes you to forsake what you count as priority in your life. And it helps you to see what your true priority is. And that's what we saw with Peter. He saw his real purpose. He saw himself as he was, right? Not just through the eyes of a businessman, but he saw himself as a change agent. And that was the greatest miracle. Not just the fish. The fish was just by the way. Because if the fish was the major miracle, I, I, I never expected that Peter and the other disciples would let go. Did you guys notice that the Bible said they forsook what? They did what? They forsook her. So what does that tell you? That they found something better. They found something greater to live for than just to make money. Than just to, you know, make ends meet. They saw that <laughs> rather than just being stuck on this, you know, side of business, there's something bigger. And that happened. They, they, they were opened up to a wider vision of their lives because they put on the right attitude. If it were some Nigerians, I, I think that's, that's the beginning of a breakthrough for them. Amen? They wouldn't have let go. But we thank God for that because it just made me realize that until you take on the right position, a lot of things would not be attracted to us. God has so much in stock that what attracted, in fact, God does not only answer to our prayers, God also answers to the right conditioning of the heart. He answers to management. He answers to disciplines. Some things will not get to you, not because you have sinned, not because you fast. Your fasting, your prayers, let me tell you now, don't move God. God already moved 2,000 years ago. It is not your fasting or your prayers or all of those things that we do that move him now. Those things actually move us. They move us to receiving what God already made available. They move us from the position that we are 
to the right position that we ought to be in order to be in receiving hand of what God has made available. Am I communicating tonight? And being poor in the Spirit is really a weapon and an attitude of faith that we should deploy going forward. Let's look at another example before I round up tonight. In the person of Zacchaeus. Everybody says Zacchaeus. All right. The short Zacchaeus. Not the tall one here. Amen. Very quickly, let's go to Luke chapter 19. Now you see the same attitude was demonstrated here too. By my forefather, Zacchaeus. The same attitude. The same attitude. I believe it's a kingdom attitude. A kingdom attitude. And it's also a wisdom that we should apply. A wisdom that calls the attention of God. That actually beckons us or that uh, receives the attention of God. It doesn't only cause the attention of God. It also receives the attention of God when we are poor in the spirit. Did you notice that the Bible says, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for this is the kingdom of God. So, being poor in the spirit is not only a blessing. He now spoke about what the blessing is. For this is what? The kingdom. So you will receive the kingdom. What do you think is a kingdom? The kingdom is the influence of God's government imparting its intent, power, and purpose into you. You are carrying the oath of heaven everywhere you go. So the kingdom of God is not just uh, is is not just a country. All right, it is a country. A country is a government that runs on constitutions. All right, this is the constitution of the kingdom of God, and the Bible says those that are poor in the spirit, they are inheritor or they are heirs of that kingdom. So it means they are legitimate ambassadors of this kingdom. They are the ones who understand how this kingdom works. All right, and because they understand how the kingdom works, they 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 have access to all the codes so we can we can unlock the bible says whatever you lock on earth shall be what locked in heaven whatever you open on earth shall be what opened in heaven being poor in the spirit open you up to receiving the kingdom of god and running it in nigeria and running it everywhere you go so you are not just a citizen of this physical material Nigeria, you are first a kingdom citizen before you are a Nigerian. So you carry a dual passport. You carry two passports, all right? Your primary passport is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And then your secondary is what? Nigeria. Amen. Number two examples, Zacchaeus. Chapter 19. Let's read very quickly before my time runs out. I believe we are getting something out of this, church. Are we, are we getting anything out of this at all? All right. Amen. 
Luke chapter 19 now. Now let's read it together. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Now you see, another rich man. Okay. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was a little of stature. But thank God I'm not as little as he is. Amen. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Verse 6. And he made haste and came down and received them joyfully. Verse 7. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Men and brethren, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Verse 9. And Jesus said unto him, This day... Is salvation come to his house? Verse 9, please. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham, verse 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. One thing very quickly I want you to see in there, and let me ask us, Zacchaeus was in the right position to receiving Jesus. Yes or no? Are we, are we together? Now, have you ever thought about it that if he was not, if he didn't take on that position, would he have met Jesus eventually? Well, maybe some other way, but I think the chances of him actually encountering Jesus, it's very slim, right? But he, 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 he knew that in order for him to receive who was coming and to receive what was coming, he had to be somewhere in order to attract what was coming, in order to attract who was coming. And that really did work. So you ought to also condition your heart tonight and going forward in our walk with the Lord to receiving God. Trust me, I'm not talking about you positioning yourself to receiving the act of God. The acts of God are temporary. I'm talking about what will last you for eternity, which is to go for God himself. Our lead pastor usually says this, and even Pastor Fred also says this oftentimes, that when you have won the face of God, then you can be sure that you can control his harms. But many of us, we pursue after his arms instead of his face, instead of the, the person of Jesus. So when we're poor in the spirit, we are not after bread. Rather, we are after the bread giver. We are not after what God can give. We are not after the act of God. But rather, we are after the God of the acts. You see this day, what you will pursue after. The God of the act 
or the act of God. For everyone that is born in the Spirit, they go after the God of the act and not the act of God. Because the act of God, many times, like I said, are temporary. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changed. And in these hard times, these difficult times, hard to deal with, you need something that others don't have. We are living in times where your money is not enough to save you. Money has failed in the land. As a matter of fact, our money has become useless. As of today, do we know how much is one dollar per naira? Does anybody have an idea? Okay, we have bankers in the house. Minister Tosin, how much is one dollar uh, per naira now? You have no idea. I don't know. Maybe, maybe 900 plus. But Aboki FS will tell you about 1,000 plus. <laughs> so tell me, what, what value can you place on a system that is not reliable? Money cannot save us now. You had better know some good stuff that can help you to thrive through these very hard times. And that's what we're talking about tonight. When you open yourself up to God. Say, God, I live here. We don't die here. We live here. If you don't bless me, then I wonder who will. If you don't show up now, I wonder who will. I cannot take the next step lest you strengthen me. Yes, you give me the, the, the instruction, the, the wisdom that I need. Wisdom is knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. I need your wisdom right now. I see every crisis as an opportunity for your move. Not a time to become despondent, to become discouraged, to become uh, melancholic and all of that. No. You see, this is another opportunity to make progress. It's tough. It's hard. But when we condition our hearts as such, we experience God. Oh, my time is up. Let me wrap up now very quickly. I said Zacchaeus was another typical example of a fellow wow, who put on the attitude of being poor in spirit. A man of short stature, but great affluence in the public, who lord it over the masses and commands such an unusual authority. Now, this noble man buried his ego. He buried his ego and wore the shame of climbing a tree just to encounter the Savior. What would you give away? What would you give up in order to encounter God? Is there anything that is too big that would hinder you from encountering God? The way to do it is to give them up like Zacchaeus did. Zacchaeus did that. You know why he did it? In order to encounter the Savior, because he was not content 
with his current status. This man is rich. He was rich. Maybe one of the richest at the time. But he saw there's something bigger. I think I want more than just these riches. I'm not seeing or finding fulfillment in the fact that my account is loaded with a whole lot. There's something more. He knew there's more to lie. And there is more to live for than being a chief tax collector, a government tycoon. Now, poverty of the spirit helps you to trade your personal glory that is only for a moment, right? What's your personal glory? What you esteem highly in yourself, your personal treasure that you are beginning to idolize. Hmm? Poverty of the spirit helps you to trade them up Enduring the same in order to gain or encounter Jesus' glory that never fades. Hallelujah. Another way to say it is you are trapped and you gain access to the kingdom of heaven like Zacchaeus did. I many of you saw that Zacchaeus actually encountered Jesus that day. His life turned around because he saw himself, even though he was rich physically, saw himself as being poor without receiving Jesus. So he opened himself to receiving what was missing in his life. He still found that there is a missing ingredient and this missing ingredient is the deal breaker. This is what I needed in my life. This is what will make all these riches that I have to make meaning. And he set himself up he set himself up for an unending encounters with God. He never remained the same after that day. He never remained the same after that day. We also will enjoy God on a daily basis when we condition our hearts, when we set our hearts to need God. God is super smart. It does not interfere in human affairs lest humans open themselves up and call him to soldiers. Otherwise, if he does, then everybody should be saved now. Is everybody saved now? Has he made the provision for all to be saved? Answer me, church. Yes, he has. But is everybody saved now? The Bible says in Titus, I believe, 2 verse, I don't remember the verse now. It says, uh, the grace of God that bringeth salvation to all men has come. But is all men saved? No. Only those who exercise their free moral agency to receiving what God has done become saved. Those are the people that are given the power to become sons of God. So what being poor in the spirit will do to you is to open you up to all that God has in stock for you. God wants us to enjoy all the gifts, all of him. He wants us to have all of him on a daily basis. He doesn't want you to have him today and lose him tomorrow. He wants you to have first encounters with him. Just like his mercy, they are new every They are new every morning. So you can have every morning encounter 
with the Lord. Let's bow our heads tonight. I want us to talk to God very quickly. Say, Lord, I'm ready for first encounters with you. I reposition my heart, I recondition my heart to be poor in my spirit. I declare total dependence on you. I set myself up for encounters like never before on a daily basis. Encounters every day. Encounters overflow in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you tonight for your word that we have received. Thank you for the wisdom that you have shared with us tonight. I believe everyone has received a word that will change and revolutionize their lives and their work with you. And will set them up to a new beginning of deeper dimensions in their work with you. Take all the glory, O oh God. Let your people continue to build intimacy with you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen, amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand of praise. Amen. I believe you got anything out of that tonight. Hallelujah. So let's package our tithes and offering very quickly.